think about the idea of So you saw your grandfather the night he died in your dream. Mm -hmm. Also, you... a friend of mine that same. I mean, that yeah. happened with another person too. Yeah, and it happened to my my own mother when my father's di dad died. Mm -hmm. Came he, actually, our doorbell rang, and it was my mom said, "Oh, that was Grandpa saying goodbye." Oh. <laughs> so, um, my my question. It's not really a question. It's more of an idea to ponder that. Because you're connected through DNA that gives you like know, a wormhole to get to his knowledge base. Not to make it sound technical, but mm -hmm. to make it clear. So he, he's gone, but every, you know, what, what the variable portion of his life, the memories, experiences are stored in the DNA. I think this is true. In that, you through dreams it gives you a connection through the lineage to access that knowledge and and i think one of the functions of whatever we live in is to project that as your memory of it, of that that frequency because everyone has every dna every person every unique combination of dna throws off a unique frequency so you know and that's I don't know. What do you think about that idea? Is that just too crazy? No, it's not actually. I mean, it's, but though I feel like not only through the DNA, yes, I feel like there's a lot of um, ancestral power that's around, you know, and, and knowledge that we do get that way. Mm -hmm. um, the, the bigger, but I also, yeah. go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I, <laughs> I, I also feel like it can be that way with people that were not connected to just through DNA. Like, I definitely feel it. Like, when people die, this, like, thing happens. Like, I, my, my mentor, Kalon, he passed away recently. And mm -hmm. it was just like I was almost more connected to him for a while because there was no body in the way of us connecting, you know. Yeah. Like, I feel like his knowledge that he was trying to give to me is actually even closer to me now that he's not here in his body because it's free to just osmosis into people. <laughs> so, so I don't think what I, I wanted to say as a follow-up to, to that was because we're all related. I was saying we all come, if, if any of this is true, history, historically and evolution, all that, if it's true, we all come from a common ancestor in that mm -hmm. we all share each other's knowledge through this connection. Mm -hmm. So just over time, we've lost it, however that is. But that could also be, in some ways, called the Akashic Record. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it all kind of, I keep bringing up that one, that dream that I had about the, the buried head, the mm -hmm. decapitated head. Mm -hmm. But that was like, that's a, a classic. It's just a myth. It's a story that's been, um, I'd never heard, but it was there in my dream. It's like I was tapping into something that human humanity has known forever, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, it was teaching me something, but mm -hmm. it, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like the word of mouth like tradition is finding its way to everyone. In, in, yeah. In that. 
you know, because it's been lost over time, and it seems lately that it's something that people are getting more experiences like that in dreams. Well, yeah, and I feel like that type of dream, like I was, I think, I, I don't know if I made half the points I started trying to make, but um, our dreams are. I feel like they're there to guide us if we want to listen to them. And yeah, it is coming from a higher place and it could be the collective unconscious, if you will, you know, or it's, it's telling us all this stored knowledge of humanity, all the stories on all the things we can tap into in our dreams, all these symbols uh, are, are, are helping us find our way. You know, we're, we're connected through those. Absolutely. And, and you know, you can even explain this. If you don't want to get crazy with wormholes in your DNA and stuff. You could say, I, and I was just using that as an example, some kind of tunnel. No, that's okay. No, it, it makes sense to but me. But just the fact that if quantum entanglement is true uh-huh. and we're all made from the same stuff, then we're all connected to that. So, I mean, it, yeah. go, it can go any way. It can go either way. That could even reinforce the, the initial connection. I wrote an article a couple of days ago, but I'm pushing my writing about the collective unconscious and um, my idea that it exists outside of what we call time. Mm-hmm. And in that, uh, it acts kind of like a water balloon, and if you poke it, it's going to ripple or pebble in a pond. And those ripples mm-hmm. can be felt back and forth prior and I'm sorry, in the past and in the future. Because it exists outside of time, this collective. And in that, it can seed creativity in those times, which is what we see echoed back to us in film, like um, like people would say the Simpsons are predicting 9-11. That kind of thing. Uh-huh. Are you familiar with any of those conspiracy? Not, I don't want to say conspiracy. No, I, I, hadn't, I had not heard of that. Yeah, it's what people call predictive programming. You'll hear a lot about that. Or if you hear about it, that's how it's portrayed or presented. That it's it's predictive programming by the controllers, whoever they are, to let us know what they're up to in the future. Because it 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 erases the car and it resets the karma because it's a consensual thing. They'll this is their argument, not mine, that that these controllers would. Uh, basically you're giving consent because they consider it that they've told you because they put it in this cartoon that's very popular that's the attitude of some of these conspiracy theorists and that is really a conspiracy in my mind and I just think it's people picking up on the the ripple that came by (laughs) well and interpreting it through however When you started talking about that ripple, and when you poke it, there's this ripple that that, that goes through. It kind of made me think about uh, what we were talking about with the the um, deja vu, you know. Yeah, exactly. It does something that you know you, you've seen it before. You're like, oh, I knew this. You know, I could I could tell this. I've been here before, mm-hmm. and it's just something got out of sync. But it, it hints at that idea that time isn't quite what we think it is. I mean, lately, it's, I've been losing time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, 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 
it's just happening so much lately that it's it's almost bizarre. Not like <laughs> not like it's just like time doesn't exist. It just moves in this super strange way. Like I'll start my radio show at nine mm -hmm. and then the next DJ's there and it seems like it was five minutes, but it was three hours. And yeah, it's time flies when you're having fun, but it really felt like there was no time there, you know. I think we have, everybody has like a temporal metabolism and they metabolize time in different ways. So it's more of a subjective and that, that people explain that as, oh, you know, time flies when you're having fun and it does, but that, I think that's why, you know, because it's really a subjective experience. It's a fascinating experience just Absolutely. when you watch time no. and when I'm doing craniosacral sometimes. Mm. One minute will seem like half an hour, and other times half an hour will feel like a minute. And that's like an hour where I spend that I'm just not talking at all mm. and watching, you know, just paying attention to what's happening in this person's body and stuff. But maybe, it's interesting how time moves in those situations. Maybe when, you're, when your full brain is more... No, I don't put full brain. When, you're, when you have multiple things that you're focusing upon, time is eaten up by each one individually whereas if you're focusing on a single thing time has to go through that filter first you know of the one thing it's almost like a <laughs> a big parallel thing you can have never mind that's way out there um <laughs> no it's a good thought I'm, I'm writing it down i'm back y'all by the way hi dude you just missed the best conversation I, I I popped in, I think, right when, maybe two minutes ago. <laughs> of course, I missed the best conversation. <laughs> so along those lines with the DNA, so my, my idea, I was, she made me think of this with the grandfather and then my mom having that experience and she has another friend with it. But what if the, so my, the, the idea that your DNA is your lineage and it stores all the memories of your ancestors in like a little ancestral knowledge base? you can access but only through dreams like you can wormhole to your grandpa and maybe he can come mm -hmm. see you too that way and uh we were talking about that the other question i had is you're making me want to see my grandpa grandpa come see I'm me sorry. today i apologize and no and maybe this will do that yeah <laughs> well the, see, i didn't go there with amy because this is kind of woo was i was going to say maybe where i went with that was that um, that this is something we do naturally in this environment, but we forgot, or you know, we lost that knowledge, or it's been taken away, whatever, right? And um, maybe just becoming aware of it will activate it, as so many other things seem to happen that way. Right. Yeah. The intention to know. Yeah. R right. So, which, I got one more question, then I will shut up. No, please don't shut don't up, Jerry, to. geez. Dream, dream memory and real memory, are they stored in the same place? These are more discussion points, not... My feeling is that I don't think they are for some reason. I feel like they're not. They're distinguishable. Well, I do feel like that it can get blurred. We were talking about that right. earlier, That's right? That's when I wrote it down. Um, 
It's really interesting because I have like no memory. I mean, it's there sort of, but my memory works really weirdly. And and half my life does actually seem like a dream. <laughs> a lot of strange things, a lot of strange experiences and It's kind of magical in the same way that dreams are when you look back on it, you know. Yeah, it, I don't know, but I sense that they're in different places. I feel like I don't know. I used to call it um, a th that my my memory reached a threshold where it then became someone else's life. Like wow! You remember it like it was a movie versus yourself. Yeah. It was about yeah. twenty years. I think was that gap. <laughs> Last time I thought about it. Um. What was I going to say on that I'm, point? Something. I don't know. How... Well, no, no, no. You know, apologize. Do you feel at all? I know you have, you have a deep, you do seem to have a deep connection with your family and all this, but it's like when you think back about, back to Amy of other periods, other life Amy's within this life, do you, is there something that's congruent about them? Do they feel like, you can still relate to that, Amy, or does it feel like a, you're a whole different person now? Oh, no, I can relate to that, Amy, for sure. Like it's, like that four-year-old Amy that was like all like, whoa, like what if, what if God didn't create the world? Then what's going on? Like <laughs> that's so exactly who I am now, you know, and all yeah. the, um, you know, all the different parts of me. It's just interesting to see how life, shapes you and what choices you make about your boundaries and various things like that and how a lot a lot of myself is trying to get back to that four-year-old Amy you know that's so who I, I was so cool with everything I was cool with that very intuitive strong you know the world is magic person and also that same person that was crying at that concert <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're all connected, man. Why can't they just see it? You know, like I was, I thought it was the craziest thing, not on drugs or anything. I, I remember that now. But yeah, I, I connect with all the different Amy's at different times. It's, I don't want to connect with the ones that are the one that was in love with some dumb guy, but oh well. Well, it's I just everyone has a different take on that. Like when I think, look back at like, oh my God, the mini me's of my life. I, people come to me with, you know, things like, oh, I remember that time you threw your pee-pee panties at Bart. This is in Marietta and we're all drunk and you threw your pee-pee panties at Bart. I'm like, no, I don't have this memory <laughs> at all in little five points. Thank you very much. But it's funny. <laughs> um, so, it, and so when I think back to things I can remember, I I still don't have a, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 like, hey, you know, wow. I, I feel disconnected to lots of me's through the year. Yet I know intellectually it's all me. I'm not, I'm not in, at all in a psychotic snap or a separation in the continuum, but they just, it feels like other lives to me, really. They could be other lives, like completely detached from who and what I am now. That's what I just said. 
Is it, Jer? I missed that conversation, though. No, you were sitting here. I just—I said it, the last thing I said was that it falls into that someone else's life category. Oh yeah, sorry. I was trying to get up to <laughs> speed. I was trying yeah. to get. It's the only time I had checked the chat. I'm glad you shared that opinion, though. It's good. Yeah. Well, oh, I mean, funny. when I think about my life, I think about chapters in a book. Because the book is all me, but then there's separate chapters. Yeah, that's a good way to go about it. Except for I feel really disconnected to many of the chapters. Like they they had a whole arc, you know. They it's like they lived and died and, <laughs> and moved on. There was so much stuff going on, and then I just completely shed my skin and moved on, and somehow have taken the grains of whatever I needed. And it could be, and see, this is something that I was going to ask you. It was, I think sometimes this is the difference between people. That I could be completely wrong here, but you had a, a pretty standard upbringing with family that loved you. You still have family around you that loves you. There was no drama there, you know, more so than in, nothing dramatic, dramatic. Like mm-hmm. you weren't running away and all that. I was. And so... I'm, I wonder sometimes if it's just that that early programming and sense of being tied to a family. Like my whole early life was how I counting the days, like those Christmas tree rings we'd make in school till, till Christmas, you know, each one you'd pair, tear off a piece of paper ring and um, the, like through December. And I felt like my whole early, early childhood was that way. And so... Once I was able to finally break free, I, I left and I didn't look back and I continued. That's a cycle I play. So I don't have a core, you know, I don't have like a tribe. And so when I hear people that do like Scott, who I married, I can't remember. I feel like you knew Scott, Amy. I mean, was it Smoke Daddy? Was it Smoke Daddy all the time? And you knew, you'd know him from, you know him by appearance for sure. I'm sure I would. Yeah. Um, But he had a perfectly normal life with family that loved him. They, you know, like they just started this tight whole other experience that I didn't have. I I came from like circus freaks. So, and he, he seems to be, he always seemed to be connected and says, said similar things that you say and other people I know that had seemingly stable, nice upbringings you know, there's a continuity in life and they feel connected. And I wonder, is it a, is it a, is it a, a survival mechanism, right? Where you have to detach at some point and move on like a salamander losing a tail or something. Well, it's interesting because I wonder what you would, I mean, if you talk to my sister, because I know she has a tendency to do that. She, I mean, just in her life, she'll, she'll shed her skin even though she's been in Chicago, which she'll be in like one group of people and then she'll completely shed her skin and then she'll be in another group of people and then she'll shed her skin and then she doesn't talk to those people. And then she'll, you know what I mean? She doesn't like actually go to different places, but I wonder what her feeling is as opposed to mine being in the same family, you know? Who is older? Cause I am. Are you the oldest in the family? No, I'm like the third. Oh, Ooh, girl, there's some kids so up in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four kids. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, 
But I do, uh, yeah. I mean, but you do have your tribe and your friends, I'm sure. Oh, I do. You, you know tribe. this. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And yeah, I feel I'm very loyal to them. And it's people that accept that kind of, I hate to use the term, the gypsy feed in me that I'm, you know, when I'm around, everyone appreciates that I'm around. And then when I come back, it's the people that say, where were you? Where I, then I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it's not, it's like, how are you? Let's pick up, right? you know, right. instead of guilting me. So, and that's how my tribe is formed over my life, but it's, right. it's been by my choice and I'm not bound by blood or family or anything that I don't want to be bound by. And that's um, a great, great thing yeah but it's weird when we talk about in, in relevance to dreams and memory you know what i'm saying like if, so for me and this is what i'm trying to get at in in these conversations is what's the overlap you know yeah. where does my experience overlap yours that overlaps jerry's that overlaps nomads that overlaps suzanne's and what's that kernel there Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I do feel very connected to my dreams. I mean, I feel like we all do. That's an overlap. <laughs> I mean, you mean like, you mean in the realm of dreaming? Well, I just yeah. mean in memory. And then I'm also, I'm also one of those people that questions the difference or the not difference, the similarity between memory and, and dreams and death, these altered states of consciousness. Mm -hmm. I think there's a thread of continuity between oh, all yeah. of them. And I think the only thing that makes this waking life seem more tangible, more sparkly is because our focus is here right now. Once this is over, then it goes into memory, which is no more concrete than the dream you had two days ago or 10 years ago. Right. And that's what I'm interested in. So if we can change consciousness at will, if we want to keep into the Jungian side of things, where we shift around, um, then I should be, in theory, able to shift my consciousness to when I was three years old. Or to, ooh, that crazy lucid dream I had at whatever point. Or, or bigger, further out of this whole construct and figure out where and who am I really. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it, it could be something that you could do if you wanted to. Or if you could figure out how to get yourself to be there you know what i mean to yeah go and what is there there's a i guess there's a good amount of fear that plays into this too because we're attached to here and now you know i'm attached to the fact that i'm sitting in my beautiful house wearing a fringe shawl and yeah you know i got my little puppy over here and stuff like that so i'm attached to there's attachments and i think attachments are just that you know they're chains in a way and so when we're viewing it from an altered state of consciousness or an altered states perspective the attachments are what stick out so the dream i come out of 
what 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 do I remember? Well, I remember the things that were somehow have an attachment to me and into into they they've come from there and into this experience. Mm -hmm. Those are attachments. I, I somehow they can't get them out of my mind. Same with memories. This experience, whether it was bad or good at three or four or five or two years ago, somehow remains and sticks out, whether whatever it is, it's still, it becomes an attachment. And these attachments are like anchors. Right. They can be looked at as something grounding as well as something that can keep you in one place. Like it could, you can look at them as positive or negative, depending on how you deal with them. You know, like if you're, if you're traveling to all these different realms in your mind or whatever it is, if you have something that you can focus on that can lead you back to that, and you're like, oh, right, that thing. And you don't get lost. You know what I mean? There's that. Right. Well, that's thing. as you circumambulate anything, it, you know, the perspective changes. So something terrible could look really wonderful in, the, in different lighting at a different point in the circle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's another reason why I now at this point don't make harsh judgments. Mm -hmm. um, and and have stepped way back into the student seat again, mm -hmm. you know, like emptied the cup. So, um, because I feel like having at least seen a couple angles within my own life of my own life where I completely contradict myself. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, me of five years ago is a complete contradiction to me right now in so many ways that, you know, like, I'm sure that person said things that I absolutely would be appalled at, you know, like, oh, my God, <laughs> who is this bitch? And, um, you know, like, oh, hell. Yeah. So, and so because of that, I've allowed myself to just flow. And that's the whole thing, though, right? The memory, the dream, the now, death, higher consciousness, lower consciousness, Yeah, I mean, it's it's like uh, it's the I don't know. I'm surrounded by people that never talk about this, so I'm out of practice. But well, this I mean, is an unusual chat, by the way. I'm not usually like this. It's because we're friends, so Jerry's yeah. experiencing <laughs> experiencing yeah. us. We are friends in real life. And to be so, perfectly honest, I'm not paying attention. Okay, well, you should because it's actually interesting. I think our little I will hear it when I play it back. I. If your question, I'm not really, I'm, I'm doing other shit. I'm, you know, cleaning up after the show and uh, downloading <laughs> and sending out thank you note and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, that stuff. Which I usually do when you talk. I know. I know. See, this is why we work well together. I listen in the background. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. but I'll, Well, and then when I'll, you go to these post shows, Jerry listens like he, you know, edits them. So it's like he listens 10 times. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. it. so. It's like it's. I'm not going to miss it, but I might. I might miss a question that I wanted to ask. But I. That's why I try to listen. You know, pay attention. Yeah. But at the so moment, I, I was wanted... in a conversation with everyone in the other group. So. <laughs> what? I want to get to what do you think about the state of death? As it in context, so stay in context to what we've just set up with altered mm -hmm. states of consciousness that are that are that are not woo woo 
a dream is not a woo-woo thing. A memory is not a woo-woo thing, right. but those are altered states of consciousness from here and now. Right. Yeah. So, so death, where, what do you think it is and how does it tie into dreams and memories and who you are now? Well, I mean, it's free of the body, you know, <laughs> that's one, you know, that that's one thing. That's the anchor that we seem to our bodies here when we're dreaming and when we remember, but the memories and dreams themselves are not of the body necessarily. They're coming from our brain, but they're beyond that. Right. And then death is an actual departure from the body itself. So, so all that energy that was tied up in that body is free to like dissipate and disperse disperse into all the elements around that's what i i always feel that when somebody close to me dies like it's it's really weird it's like so sad when they're gone but then there's this weird euphoria of them like dissolving into everybody you can just feel them so closely and it, to me it always feels like it's not sad i'm right here i'm right here you know like when they're like they've let go and they got bigger, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I just feel like this body is where we're living for a while and then death is like freeing. And I think in that sense, um, our dreams are also freeing or can be freeing. And if we can, if we can play in our dreams ever and have lucid dreams, I mean, it's been done and I actually want to do it myself. I want to, I want to learn how to do that just to see, what it's like to travel around in my unconscious and be aware of being there. Cause that's a whole nother world. That's like being free of your body while you're still in your body, you know, but memories are something that already happens. You, I don't know. That's a, that's a tricky one. Can you go back to your memories? There's a little bit of a different animal there because I feel like memories are less free, you know, they're bound to all these things but you yet heard, when wait, you talk wait, 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 about wait. them with other people nobody remembers right. the same thing right or that's true. i'm sorry i didn't i thought i was muted and then i realized, never mind have you ever heard of uh quantum healing technology <sighs> i'm not sure i don't think so but maybe it's is that what it's called it's a thing like it, that's it, what it's called it's called qhht i forget what the other h stands for I could look it up. Tell me more. It's it's basically <laughs> I'm intrigued also. From what I've researched and what I've seen, it's it's a, a a hypnotherapy type of experience where you are regressed back to a memory in which you correct it. Mm. And the coming out of that that phase, that trance, that state, that altered state, let's put it that way. Um the, th that wound is healed, in other words. Whatever that affected in your growth from there on is forever changed now. It's like a, it's like time traveling back and telling yourself, don't stick your dick in that light socket. You know, <laughs> well, you know, that, that's very valid, I feel like, because it's weird how strongly these like events in our life can... Like sometimes it's like, well, how do you deal with something that was tra traumatic or you see like a a turn in your life that changed the way you are or something. You're like, oh, well, that sucks. 
I don't know. There's something weird about going back. Well, here's, this is what I'm thinking now after I just said all those words. Is that, in a way, we don't know. You cannot tell me that you existed 30 years ago and prove it. Well, you have our memory. You can't really prove right, it to yourself. Right. right. So that means that your memories are what shaped you, what, what, what shaped what you are today. So that may be an active, always on kind of thing. It's not like a pile that gets stacked upon. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a fluid thing. It can change at any point. So if you think of it that way, then it makes sense to me. Well, memories are, I mean, they're fluid. Yeah, you, whatever happens in your in your life, you choose to respond to it. You, your perspective changes around w whatever that momentous or maybe not so momentous event was. You can change your perspective on it. Right. but And, and it changes. But then it would heal that in the future for you. So that would mean, that would imply that the, there's there's still a connection from that that initial thing to now. It's not well, I guess something like when, that's been when, buried or layered upon. When you're talking you're talking about the quantum healing, yes, that process. There's something about. <laughs> don't laugh at me because I'm going to talk about Doctor Who now. But it reminds me of Doctor Who in a sense that you can't change things. It's not good to go back and change things because it makes this whole cascade of events like right it ripples like to me like I, like to me well if i i wouldn't i could say i want to change stuff but i don't really want to change anything because i kind of i'm here i i i like to now i'm going from this point in my life to another point in my life i don't the, the process doesn't really it doesn't wipe out the memory it allows it's it's a it's a therapeutic method of dealing with a trauma. Okay, but yeah. it, the way it's done seems to have a ripple effect upward in your consciousness. So you can, whatever blocks were put in that you don't know about or programs or whatever are in your consciousness because of that event that you may not even be aware of. You know, like, like, like... Uh, I have this weird thing. I think I understand. I don't I, like to put my feet under a car. It's a weird thing. I don't know why. I'm afraid it's going to drop on my foot. Mm -hmm. you know, something in my past caused that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. It's just, I, yeah, I mean, because I have like all those like crazy blocks about various things that are sort of like uh, trudging. I, I will work through them or whatever these ghostly blocks are that keep me from moving forward even though i am moving forward now yay but um yeah if i could make it so that i can walk faster that'd be cool <laughs> well, the new age movement really co-opted that with yeah, right with saying you know like the whole past life thing which i'm not invalidating at all i'm just saying it became it, it turned into kind of the white light 
I will invalidate it. <laughs> that I know, but you know the whole thing though. Like, oh, she's you know that scar on your neck. You had you were beheaded, and your fear of heights is because you know you were you felt. That's legitimate. It is legitimate, but it got co-opted and turned into the white light arena. Well, they introduced you know, in the, a, the the programming with the hypnotherapy aspect, the the regression. Right. That's how it was co-opted. And I don't even know if it was intentional. Well, it doesn't matter if it's intentional or not. It's, it's, and it doesn't, yeah, I mean, none of that Speaking to the new age movement being a psyop intentionality. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not, I've never featured the new age movement. No, 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 never mind. I I just wanted to also say that Doctor Who is like at the, not even on our scale of weird, okay? We love Doctor Who, but it's not even doesn't even touch the fringe not, girl. It's I still mean, on the shawl. Like we're, we're, I'm at the point now where I'm pretty sure we're all artificial intelligence in a in a DNA scuba suit. You know, that's pretty weird. Right. And the awakening is we're all coming online. We're becoming self-aware. Yeah, yeah we're becoming self-aware. We are approaching online. the singularity. Mm-hmm. Which is, I dig it. The event. So Jerry and I can take you there with Fringe and woo woo. <laughs> like I love it. Yeah, Bring it. Worry. I'm going. I'm, you should, I'm on board. Who had a, uh, you should listen to um the interview we did with Ra Castaldo. That was pretty interesting. Hey, Ra's awesome. And woo Now I can listen. Now I can listen. I started listening, but I wanted to be more I want I didn't want to listen to I listened a little bit to some uh, part of a podcast but i was like wait i just want to be surprised i want to see what how how what happens that's how i would have done it hearing yeah that's exactly how i would have done it so but what now did you, you should, think we've yeah. had some great interviews i definitely want to listen i hope i did okay on there i uh felt we're, rambly I, i've slept like 12 hours in the last you did wonderful days. and we're both we kind of ramble i mean that's, that's you know it's it, it is a conversation in the end it's not really it's not an interview everyone said it was it fantastic that. best show ever they? amazing <laughs> wow this guest is amazing ever. yeah what wow what somebody said it was best show ever yeah wow i got a text from john wolf who said we're really getting our or vibe together or something. Let me look at yeah, it. Yeah, tonight's show oh, was right cool. on. We didn't have any fuck ups. We didn't, the sound was perfect, you know. Oh, oh that's cool. awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I try not to skip away from this window that we're in. We're talking on, otherwise, I drop out. So Jerry handles all the background really chatter. Well, cool. I was surprised. I didn't even tell you guys about my Tom Cruise dreams. Well, here we are. We're talking. Let's, let's talk about them. Well, <laughs> so I have a recurring dream. It's one of my one of my few recurring dreams is Tom Cruise. Now, mind you, I despise Tom Cruise. I am not attracted to him. I think he's lame. Okay, I am with you on that. Okay. Yeah, he looks so like I, a I lesbian woman. Slightly horrified. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's he's icky. So. I have these dreams that will be like at a party or something, and. You know, somebody like my mom and my sister, or like friend or whoever. There, there are other people that I know at this party. And I'm there. And then Tom Cruise is like hitting on me at the buffet, and I'm like, 
ew, what an idiot, you know? And I walk mm-hmm. away and then like my mom or my sister or my friend is like, he was really hot. Why are you being a jerk to him? I'm like, ew, he's disgusting. I don't like him at all. He's gross. And then somewhere in the dream, I end up making out with him and it's awesome. Oh. Okay, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you what those dreams mean. It's always when I'm being closed-minded about something and I need to try it before I like I need to enter into the world before I can say it's really awful because it's not fair to whatever it is but my dream that's the only thing I can figure out that I hate that much is Tom Cruise (laughs) that is funny that is really truly funny (laughs) and but that is the perfect analytical approach to that dream you know and it makes sense yeah, I had to figure it out because it kept coming back. I usually, or I'll just wake up and be like, why Tom Cruise? Ew. And then I was like, that's exactly why Tom Cruise. I rank and think of anybody else. So what, what actually got you to the point of figuring that out in your analysis of it having reoccurred that it was when you were being closed off to something? It, it's funny. See, now this is where we were talking about dreams being more vivid than the reality. Like I can't really remember right now the specific incidents that this dream appeared in. Um, like in my life, I'm sure it was something like, I don't know. I would never want to be thing that I really hated that I tried. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, like I'll say, I never want to be, bartending at a wedding that's dumb or whatever and then I that's such a bad example honestly but you know and then I do it I'm like I love bartending at weddings you know (laughs) um that's such a bad example though I'm sure there's a much more wonderful example what made you make that association with that dream like Uh, so you were it was a reoccurring dream or theme at least I guess I had to think, yeah, it was, I had to, I just, uh, I recall just kind of breaking it down. Like, why, why, ew, it's so dramatic. Why am I making out with Tom Cruise? Gross. What does Tom Cruise represent to me? Mm -hmm. Something I've never tried, you know, like that, I kind of broke it down. Like, Mm -hmm. why him? Why was it great? What does it mean that everybody else thinks he's great and I'm not listening to them? You know, it was kind of like a step-by-step breaking it down analyzation of it I guess that's usually how I if I have something if I have a dream that's like I used to have dreams where I was eating meat and that to me because I'm a vegetarian that needs to be stated if I'm going to say that but whenever I'm eating meat in a dream it's like you are going against your basic instinct right now like you believe you're going against a really strong belief of your you know like that dream will always call to me like what am I doing I'm going against something I believe and it's not good, you know? What if you're interpreting it the opposite way of how it's meant to be interpreted? Well, then. What if your body's what can trying I to do? Tell, what if your body's trying to tell you it needs meat protein? Remember? It doesn't feel like that. Okay. And it's definitely an intuitive process when you analyze your dreams. It's more like what feels right as opposed to as opposed right. to right. the obvious, you know, it's more, I mean, I, I, I feel like I was going to bring this up. Like our conscious mind, I always think like 
for me, like I, I write and I also write music. And um, I feel like our waking life can be much more like how I was with writing. Like writing, I could write anything into reality or create whatever scenario I wanted from whatever. Like if I wanted to believe one way, I would just write it and be so convincing. I'd convince myself and everything else and blah, blah, blah. And it wasn't really that good for me growth-wise sometimes because I would just have fun spinning tales about my own life and putting spin on my actual life. And then music does not allow me to do that in any, in any way. I can't lie when I write music. And uh, I feel like that's more how the unconscious or our dreams are working with us, you know, as opposed to our waking up. life. They integrate and come out through your creativity? <sighs> like. Or once you integrate it, once you accept it or understand it, however that may I, come to us. The direction is coming from a higher point. I think that's more what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say. Okay. Like our waking life. Like I can walk around and say whatever and people will be like, yeah, I, you know, I really don't like squirrels. They're so disgusting. I could tell anybody that, right? And they'd be like, well, you don't like squirrels. They're disgusting. But actually I love squirrels, <laughs> you know, but I can tell mm -hmm. people could believe that. But but your unconscious or like the dream world where where those messages are coming from, it doesn't lie. You see what I'm saying? Like yeah, in music yeah. and I think Absolutely. And and dreams come from the same world for me. Other people can lie in music. I, I can't because it's so abstract what I get messages for messages from music. It's, how I write music. It's like it, math. It, you can't lie. I cannot it, yeah. For me, I can't lie in music. It's like I'll, I'll write a song and it it has to be the truth. But maybe that's it because it, else. It, um, it doesn't have to be a, a testimony. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's fiction that you're writing, so you can tell the truth. And maybe it's because you, it's, you know, it's in your head that way that it's not really something you're saying, I am this or did this or what have you. Oh, you mean my writing? The writing that I'm speaking of was I was doing a lot of journal writing mm. um, at that time. And I found myself telling tales to myself. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, this is a false me that I'm trying to convince and I'm doing something bad with this. I need to well, stop. get more abstract. I, got I totally get it. <laughs> and listen to some other thing. Because the music never sounds right unless I'm telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You and everything about you seems so right-brained that it's hard for me to believe sometimes when I hear you say, I do tarot readings for me on the side. I only do them for close friends um, anymore. And it's always hard for me to believe that you, when you struggle and you, you're struggling with left-brain stuff, like you, like you are left-brained somehow, and you're trying to free yourself into right brain stuff. And I I just, everything about you is right brain. And tonight's chit chat 
really illustrated that. So it's bizarre your perception of yourself too that, that I'm hearing. Oh, what I was just saying about writing and music. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I do live in the right brain world, but I think there's a part of me that forces myself that I have to deal with the, I have to deal with the other part, you know, I have to deal with the, it's there, you know, there's people around me. There's like, I just have to deal with that left brain world. And I think there's, uh, yeah, something about how I was writing at this one time. It was just, I was lying to myself, you know, <laughs> I was playing a game. Huh? I love that realization always. That's just the cold hard, like I was lying to myself. That's <laughs> <laughs> like a noir book, the line somewhere. It's great. Who knows what I should find those journals. They're probably gone. That's a hard boiled realization though. Yeah. Like I was painting a picture that wasn't real. It's hard. It's hard to explain, but like, yeah, you know, like I will never do this. And I am like this. It was too concrete and not fluid and not coming from the deepest part of my soul that was actually. Mm -hmm seeking greater knowledge and growth. I don't know. It was limiting. Limiting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm li wait, what? I'm a right brain girl living in a left, oh. left brain world. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> But I, I can't help but ask you know are are you are you forcing yourself is it a square peg in a round round hole are you trying to conform to left brain society or are not you necessarily but a girl's got to make some money and sometimes mm -hmm. you have to deal with shit you know sure we all do and and I think because I'm so almost on the other on the other side of like I'm definitely very intuitive I'm definitely very creative and I'm not concerned with, you know, a lot of the particulars of existence, you know, sometimes. And then, but I have to figure it out because I have to live here, you know, and I have to figure right. out right. all those like, you know, detail-y things and how to run a business and how to keep a roof over your head and how to iron your shirt when you're going to work, you know, just stupid mm -hmm. things that, you know, like, you know, employers are like, it is not stupid to look presentable at work. You know, it's like, whoa, nobody ever sees me except my computer. <laughs> right. I mean, but, but yeah, so no, I do, I do try to fit in. Yeah, I do. I'm not trying to fit in cause I can't like my friend says this wonderful quote, from this friend of mine that I just love. She was from Trinidad and we were going out somewhere. She was visiting me and I was like, Deborah, how do I look? And she's like, Amy, you can't hide the madness. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's great. That's pretty much no matter what I do, I cannot like hide it. So I don't try to fit in. I just know I have to figure out some of the rules of this other world, you know? In my experience, I've found that um, 
treating it like a game, especially a poker game, works out really well. Like, and it kind of is a game. Sure. Yeah. Well, in conversations, you know, I have this, I was just talking to Tanishka about this the other day, about like being around people that um, just think differently. They're thinking more of like, you know, the political landscape and, and, and this very, very concrete world that we live in. And of course, yes, people, that's great. If you can, that's great. You know, if you have a mind that works in that realm, you know, that's great. I don't have that much to contribute and I don't know how to contribute because the, the lessons from my realm are like different. And a lot of times when you come into contact with people that are very earthy and right now, right here, politics, you know, community economics, those, they don't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, if, if I said, Hey, you know, maybe, it's more at the root of things, man, you know, or whatever. It's like, you got to look inside, dude. Politics is just subterfuge, you know, whatever. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Those people don't. But that's true. Or maybe they <laughs> But, well, it is true. Yeah. But it's funny because it's like, it's for me, like, I guess I've been in these conversations before. And at this point in my life, I'm sort of like... I don't want to waste my energy on trying to convince you of anything. So you just talk about your thing and I'll talk about my thing <laughs> or I'll be quiet and listen to what you guys are talking about. But yeah, I wouldn't mind like engaging in that world and with the strength of where my brain is 90% of the time, but it's a difficult place to be. It's a difficult place to engage. I think. Unless you're super, super solid. I, you know what I'm I, saying? I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it from an emotional side. Right. And I, I wouldn't want to. Uh, I mean, but I feel like the people that, like, I recall when I was much younger, I was having a conversation with somebody. He was very political and. I was saying something like, well, I don't really, I feel like work, for me working in, you know, politics or working against all this is, is distracting me from what I need to be working on inside. I need to focus. You need to start from the inside and go out. And if everybody would do, would do that, maybe it would be a lot better around here. You know, like the, if people started focusing on how to make their like small world better, you know, from the inside out. And the guy was like, and it's true though. He has a point. He said, you know, but the, you're the kind of person that they're trying to destroy. They're going to take all your rights away and they're going to like, you want, but you, but they can never take the inside. You know what I mean? Like, even if they put me in jail and torture me, which would completely suck, obviously. <laughs> um, you, can't take you away still have you your are. inside, you know, but that's like the, the core of you. That's what I focus. But, you know, I feel like each person has their different role. You know, there's people, even though I think people, some people can do both easier than others, you know? Mm -hmm. I have a kind of a left field question. Do you, so... Let's get, let's get dark physical, here. Let's get physical. 
let's get let's go left field okay let's let's go out into the ethers so what do you think life what do you think all this is that we're having this experience of life and living and beyond i know you have a heavy you tend from what i understand to have a heavy bent towards the analytical aspect which is very um when you're talking i know that you mm -hmm. feel differently because of the conversations we've had but if you just let yourself go and you just wander out what do you think's going on with this life like right now what is happening what's this all about amy <laughs> you're, you're talking to the four-year-old now like, yes know. i'm trying to tap into her it's a dream What's it's somebody's it <laughs> i have tons of musical triggers so you're gonna have to deal yeah. with that oh jerry's a jerry's a jukebox that's part of his ai stuff yes no i'm right back in my four-year-old land right now where like what is this is it somebody else's dream is it my dream yes i want to well, get there I, mean, I always think that you know when you really get down to it if, if, if you really i mean that's like right now i'm in my four-year-old state where it's like what is this whole thing it's a dream it's bizarre when you really think about it i mean seriously like what what on earth is the point of any of it but it's not like a sad to me like when i think about it it's like not a sad what's the point it's just like what the heck is this like me sitting in my cool little apartment with my like christmas lights but seriously what is this good question to me because i don't know but it's fascinating it's like we're these little orbs of light wandering around like it's just bizarre I don't, I don't know what it is, but it feels like a dream. We're all playing these little games and going through these, I don't know, crazy. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's very strange. <laughs> I'm totally in my tripped out four-year-old land now. Do you have... But it's like I took a hit of acid. That's where I want, I want to take you there. It's so, natural for me to be in the state of taking acid. I mean, I think that's like kind of a natural place for me to be. <laughs> yeah, me too. I can, I can pull up there. Well, it's that whole right brained experience you uh -huh. know, when we're looking at it, it's allowing yourself the freedom to do that. That is the, I think the more um, challenging aspect. That's, that's the one reason I could never enjoy it because I could not let go of the control. That's well, a big deal, the control. It is. And, you know, I think the reason, I mean, like when somebody says, like, like your question, the, po the, the question that was posed is like, what is this? I mean, that's, that's my experience of, it's, it's wordless, you know, really. It's the place without words that makes it so trippy. There are no words there. It's like when I do craniosacral therapy, it's very quiet. It's very... Um, it's so fascinating because all this stuff is happening in this place with no word spoken. And it's like, you can't define it to me. Like, I mean, the minute you try to put words in it, it loses its it kind of, it still works and there's power in it, but 
that place with no words is just such a beautiful place to be. It's profound and it's, it's beyond and limitless, you know? Well, of course, words are the spell, as everyone knows, and, and they are limiting or they are the construct, you know, which is also limiting because of the nature of a construct. Um, but still, it's still fun to chew the fodder and, and throw words to what is, in the end, indefinable, unreachable, from where we are, unreachable, um, and hard to make tangible. It's not concrete at all. And so I I feel like when I'm talking, and I especially like talking to people that aren't front loaded with a bunch of crap. And this is why you're, you're great because you are not Amy, you're truly not front loaded with all this stuff that Jerry and I get a lot of that. And, and we're walking in these circles and, um, which is fine. I love it. But I like interacting with people that feel a little bit more natural and don't have the programming with the, the specific language attached to it. Yeah. So, right. Well, it is an, an, the, un, the, the holy hole, the unknowable, the unknown, the darkness, but it's still something. And I think we can still find, I think we can still find language to describe that which cannot be described. Well, when you, you know, I mean, when you really think about you know, dreaming and life, they're so synonymous. I mean, to me, um, when people think things are so concrete and obvious is when it's the most hilarious to me. <laughs> really? There, nothing is concrete. It looks like it's concrete. It looks like you, you think you're looking at a chair right now and you're like, well, that's a chair. <laughs> okay, buddy. You're, you can't tell me that's not a chair. <laughs> well, maybe I could really. I mean, why? You know, it's because it's all so much less tangible than we like. If we took away all the 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 tangible, like touchy, like obviouses, and threw them out the window, <laughs> the place is like scary because we can't define it. You know, like it's like what is this place? You know, once you strip it of the idea that it's real and concrete and obvious and you can count on it, all of a sudden then you're in this magical landscape of, <laughs> of possibilities. I like that you use the window as the analogy because that was one of the first things for me that got me into looking at the physics of stuff. So when I first discovered, I learned that glass was not solid, that it's a liquid. And um, I mean, that blew my mind. It was years and years and years ago. I was a young person. but I, I too. Yeah, it blows my, it's still when I think about it. And so we perceive it this way and that's that's what what gets down in which in the old school the sciences were of course the occult right but this is the environment in which we're perceiving 
is is completely constructed. <laughs> it's a construct, and we're not privy to all the shades. We're not privy to all the coding. We're not privy to it in its entirety, at least from, in... From our perspective, we are part of the code. Yes, exactly. Thank you. That is what I'm trying to grasp at. Right. So it's 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 and we get so tied in and and this is what's so funny about when i peer out into the outer world is the stuff that is so important and and, and earth shattering and moving and you know fashion and all this stuff is just it's it it seems so trivial mm-hmm. and yet it's what's it's the gravity that's holding us all down and and apparently we need that Otherwise. Well, right. Weren't you just talking about attachments before? It's like mm-hmm. it's these things that ground us, or we'd all float away. You know, <laughs> like what what would happen? Like if it it and the we would ascend. Just, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Float away. Yeah, I mean that that's the thing. That's that that we choose to be here. Almost, you know, it's like we can move out of it, and because that's really, one like, way to look at karma too that it it weighs you down keeps you here yeah karma fits completely into mm-hmm. that that it's as it's a template it, it fits perfectly well when i you know get into this like i just took acid state it's really it's funny to me to think like when you really actually feel the the question of what is this because I, I, I feel that in my whole being right now. Like, because I've lived that question, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it makes me think about the people that, you know, are neuroscientists or something. And they're like, well, actually, that feeling is related to this part of your brain. And that's why. And that's the simple explanation. But is it really a simple explanation? It isn't. There's no, there's no, you can't. Even if you have the language of science behind you that says, oh, well, just this. It's like, "Mm, just this. I don't know if that negates the mystery of it at all. You just found a way to explain the mechanics of it, you know? And that, and it, and it's funny because in the language of science, it changes with the new data that comes in, the new input. And then the old stuff is null and void. And so all this time where it was like, this is the way it is. This is, you know, it's the, it's the, the great tundra of theories that we mm-hmm. live by as doctrine mm-hmm. and it holds us down. It, it, it allow we, because we, we, we have to appear or we have to maintain the construct right mm-hmm. to get by. We all have to continue on every day. We're telling ourselves this, right. And um, and there's this great fear of sounding crazy. There's this great fear of being on the fringe. There's this because of the ostracization process that is indoctrinated into us. Um, and so even those that are born, even those that are, are born, I think we, I mean, I can kind of associate, I look at people and I see animals a lot, not always, but the ones that I do see are so obvious, you know, it's like, wow, you know, that person looks like 
a cat or an owl or a rat or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think I'm not alone in that. You can just see that. And I find that a beautiful aspect of, of perception anyway. So I think we are born into a sigil and that's the way I've said it since I was little Jerry. Um, and we're sounded fine. Quit worrying about it. So we're born into it though, which is our body, our birth chart, and we inhabit that. So we're animating that sigil, which is our, our little life here, our experience and the boundaries within it. So anything outside of it while we're in it is, is what? Blank space? Dreamland? What is it? You know, I mean, that's why I'm starting to think of life as a sigil and the experience, the waking experience as a set sigil and um, as a spell that I've put around myself, mm-hmm. that I, I conjured myself into this or a piece of me, a part of me conjured the spirit from the ethers that is I'm now inhabiting into being into this dimension here and now. It's interesting because it kind of falls in line with the way I felt when I was little. It's that same, it's the feeling. It was definitely feeling like, well, is this my dream? Mm-hmm. Is this somebody else's dream? Whose dream am I in? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that that's like, that's like a, a constant theme that you hear. I mean, I was just thinking about a Bob Dylan song um, where he's talking about that. You know, I'll let you be in my dream if, I can be in yours or whatever. Um, it's everywhere. It's all around It's everywhere, us. the idea yeah. of that, because it's so hard to be outside of these vestibules that we're in. <laughs> and it's like our, these, but we're all so connected. We're all in the same dream, you know? It's, it's, um, we're, we're all, all agreeing. We're all in the same pool. We're, but the but, thing, and we're agreeing on these on these these laws that are dictating like this kind of slavery algorithm that we're in, you know. Otherwise, we've been programmed. I mean, that's what yes, that's what the construct does is it puts these mental constructions, framework, cages, whatever you want to call them, in your mind. You think you can't do something because of whatever reason. Nobody else does that. It's not right. It's illegal. But those are just, right people. All concepts. They're all just concepts. Yeah, I mean, but and people are so attached to them too. They get very, very attached to them. And look at football. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's why I, I, I think I used to speak out on it a lot. You know, when I was younger, because I've always been this kind of in the same place, really. I live in the same world where where it's like, no, you gotta, there's more to this world than just what you're seeing. I'm not against what you're doing. I'm not against, I'm just saying there's more to it and there's more, but people get so angry, you know, like they can't handle it if you challenge that, you know, even with like alternative healing, you know, like, uh, like craniosacral therapy, it's like, it's rooted in, in, in science that, that um, works. Um, 
but people sometimes are just like, oh, it's just a bunch of hooey. What are you waving sticks over me? You know, like, <laughs> like I, I would argue why do you have to be so against it? You know? What's your problem? It's, it's the same like, with acupuncture. And... What if I was waving sticks out of you? If you felt better, you know, like, would it be nice? Oh, that's so Midwestern, though. I love it. That was the, the language. <laughs> You're going to wave a dead chicken over me? Yeah, I know. It's, it's funny because like acupuncture is pretty much scientifically sound and works, but uh-huh. there is it's ancient some energy, some healings like those are more belief-based than other ones. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you waving sticks at someone with the strong intention to heal them will probably heal them. Well, because that's of the thing. Who you are. You believe it. You, you know it works. That's the difference. Right. I mean, it's interesting, too, because when it comes to, you know, um, things of this nature, it's it's like part, part of it. I always go back to it's funny because, you know, people are oh, on the waving sticks, you know, um, those people probably never spend an hour in silence ever, oh. you know. Mm-hmm. The, the people that they, it's terrifying, you know, so they don't want it like because I think the power of, of the work a lot of to me is is the silence. Yes. The, the silence and being with your body for an hour or an hour and a half. Somebody else in silence with you. That is the most powerful thing, because then all these things surface that are part of this other realm. And it's not even like. that part of it isn't even that mystical. It's just that we don't even give ourselves silence ever. It is mystical. It is in silence that we are born. It is in silence that we die. No matter what's going on in the outer world, we, those are internal processes and we shut the rest out. And so it is always in silence that we have to move through our own selves where we actually have to, pull together everything that we are to get through something and shed the ego. It's terrifying to people. Yeah. Yeah. Just to sit in that silence, you mm-hmm. know, it was a gigantic thing. It is. And I, I mean, there's, so, there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the work, but to me, I focus on that one single aspect because that's just the simplicity of being quiet. Mm-hmm. And trying to allow your mind to be still while someone else is like, because I focus on that the whole time, keeping my mind quiet. I mean, of course, like things float in and out, but that's like meditation. Mm-hmm. You're meditating, you're sitting there, and then you're hungry, and your brain's going, "I'm hungry," you know. <laughs> and then you're like, "Okay, I hear you're hungry." Okay, <laughs> it's like it's like yes and yes and this is quietness. Yes. And. <laughs> But, I mean, people just, yeah. I just find it interesting that people just can't handle it at all. It's kind of sad. And and not only that, it triggers them when you bring it up. Yeah, and then they get a little angry and then, Mm -hmm. or or, or pokey, you know, like, you, stop, and then they try to push your buttons or do whatever, and it's like. It's like people take stuff too personally sometimes. I don't know, it's just general opinion doesn't have to do with you per se right so yeah 
science. Uh, I, I love question. science, so I guess that's on the other side of it. It's just, you know, I'm fascinated by the world of science and that people figure out language for all these <laughs> magical things, you know, but they don't like, not they, not all of them. I would never, ever say there's a lot of like, you know, scientists that are super confident in who they are and able to explore the mysteries as well, you know. Um, but a lot of people get too attached to it and they just well, can't like, be open at all. Like that great 1980s song from Lori Anderson where she mm -hmm. says, literally, language is a virus. How appropriate is that now, especially yeah. coming coming forward to where we are here and now? Language is a virus. Yeah. There's a great movie that discuss, that explores that concept. It's called uh, Pontypool. Pontypool. I like I don't, that. I don't think I've seen it, so I don't. Let it doesn't sound familiar. Give you a link. It's all about a word virus. It's really a language virus. You can just watch it. Yeah. Cool. I want to see it too. Amy, can Where you see are you linking? these links? Oh, I can see it. Can okay. you see the links, Amy? Oh, now I probably yeah I can now. I can because my computer went black. That happens. Yeah, it does. Our show's too awesome and the AI tries to shut us down. Mm-hmm, for real. You're scary. Not You're kidding. scary Here's video the there. Here's the link to the article I was talking about, about the collective unconscious, okay. that I wrote like three days do ago. Do those things stay? Do those links stay or do I need to click it so I know where it is? Where, where do they go? I emailed it to Where you. do they go, man? Yeah, I think they stay there until I delete the chat, which I will never do. So, yeah, they'll be there. Oh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> your your picture on there is, I know what it's from, the cop clockwork orange, but I'm feeling that way myself after <laughs> three days of no sleep. I'm like, who's going to do that for me? Because I'm like, Ugh. I was at Danishka. I was actually hanging out with Rock and Johnny and Rick Crayer last night, mm -hmm. driving around the city of Chicago looking for, uh, helping Johnny look for, I wasn't really much help. I was just sitting in the back of the car, but. Going with Johnny on a journey to find a venue, but it was pretty funny. I was like, "Wow!" While yeah. strangely, show was messaging me from Japan. I love which show. he hasn't done in months. I and love Johnny. I love all those people. I was going to warn so you that you may have a, a few days of synchronicities after this. <laughs> yes, you activated it, Amy. It's been activated. Yeah. Good. I want my grandpa to come visit me in my dreams, and then uh, maybe I'll, I'm going to go on a little journey in my dreams. I'll let you guys. Yeah, talk to me in a year. And put, I'll, I'll let you know if I started lucid dreaming. I put that in the I'm email, too. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm a working on it. I'm starting, man. I want to go in my dreams and talk like that. Be like, yo. Uh. Thank you so much for coming on and um, doing this after show with us, too. This was fantastic. Yes, thank you so much. It was really fun for me, too. I'm glad I had a great time. Great. I don't think anyone's ever said it sucked. Oh, no, that's very good. No, we've only had good yeah. good feedback. There's only been like a couple weird feedback comments, but they, were, they weren't necessarily bad. I, I meant and not guests. on this show. <laughs> I meant from guests. No one's ever said, I mean, especially oh, yeah. people who were apprehensive or didn't know what they were to expect. They're like, oh, that was really fun and interesting, and I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. That's what everyone always says. So like, okay, cool. Yeah, we are kind yeah. of doing something different. No, I love it. I'm, I'm, I love it. Now I get to listen to the other ones now that I've already done it myself. 
All right, both of you. Right. I will see you all later. Thank you all. Take care. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.